0: From Relevant Magazine and relevantmagazine.com, it's The Relevant Podcast.
1: It's the week of August 12th, 2011, and we are back. This is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. Here with me in Orlando Studios is Maya Strang.
2: Hello, everybody.
1: To her left, Josh Lewin-Loveless. Hey, people. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, everyone. And on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snabley. Hello, friends. Who dropped the ball last week by not doing a podcast.
0: Yeah, it was all my fault. I'm really we, sorry,
1: guys. We were all
3: here <laughs> yeah. sitting in the studio waiting for yeah. you. Yeah. You just never no, You actually
0: never hit record.
3: Yeah. We, we, had yeah. we great
4: talked podcast. for an and yeah. then we realized there's no one recording this in a, the other
0: room. It was this really long Skype conversation with Jesse. <laughs> 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 That's all it was. We it was talked shit. about monkeys and everything.
3: Awesome.
1: Uh, so, yeah, sorry, everyone, for not doing a podcast last week. Many of us were out of town and... Uh, it dawned on us as we were leaving, like, oops, we can't do the podcast. So uh, I was uh, I was actually at Lollapalooza with Ryan Hamm, our managing editor. So we're going to bring him in later and tell you some of the highlights, but mainly lowlights of Lolla this I year. I was there. Oh, yeah, Maya was there, too. <laughs>
5: Thank you.
3: We're going to bring Maya in right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Maya. Hi.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oops. Oh.
1: Um, and, uh, and then uh, Chad, Chad and I and uh, Jeremy went uh, to New Orleans uh, and uh did some pretty fun stuff with Meat Math.
3: Yeah, I'd say it was fun. Did you guys go bowling, race car driving? We did. We did. did. Putt putt. Yeah. yeah. Putt
0: putt. Uh bumper cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. saw Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, with with, with, with Meat Math.
4: Yep. Now, did you say the New Orleans yeah. State Fair? Is that where you were? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> were,
0: were they, they playing, playing there?
4: there? <laughs> yeah. I'd imagine they'd have pretty progressive state fair artists. Well, it's pretty
0: interesting. Actually, the night before we hooked up with them in New Orleans, they played a festival out in Tulsa, and their set was destroyed because of a storm that rolled through. Wow. Yeah,
1: Tulsa's apparently had this, like, one of the worst droughts in their history. Yeah. And it hasn't rained. And then um, on the day of this big outdoor river fest or whatever, it was Mute Math. Wait, it was called River Fest? I think something like that.
4: Because it was on the Arkansas River, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, which during the summers, the Arkansas River is like dry bed fest it's like yeah it's
4: it is the muddy path fest it, there's
1: no river it just goes away it's really weird um, and so anyway it was Mute Math and then uh, someone and the Flaming Lips yeah
0: uh, uh, the, the car Primus Primus that's right
1: Primus Primus it, is still um, around prim- that's an obvious bill yeah I know right that's what I said <laughs> apparently there's a YouTube video of this happening but while Mute Math is playing the, as the guys just described it rain started 70 mile an hour winds started the, their their stuff's getting blown over. And then the Flaming Lips had this massive LED backdrop to the stage. Of lips. Like an eight, according to Darren, an eight hundred thousand dollar LED backdrop. Mm-hmm. And the wind blew it over,
0: and it was destroyed.
2: And they just kept on playing.
0: No, they, they pretty much shut down the show.
1: Well, because there's just light. Say, I would like mute imagine
2: like you have a band that yells
0: out, "Just go with it, everyone!" <laughs> uh, so they
1: uh, they said you know that obviously their set was canceled, and uh, it was actually going to be the first time they played their new music because they have an mm-hmm. album coming out. And they had, they had added a new member to the band, and it was the first time this this guy was going to play with them. Family and were,
0: members were there. Yeah, his whole
1: family came down from Missouri, like all these friends, and family, would see his first, his debut with the band, and they couldn't play. So they um actually, so Sorry. the first time they played their new music was for us. Was for and us we recorded and, it for relevant TV. Wow, that's great, and for the podcast, and it was it was in his basement, Paul's basement in New Orleans. Wow. It was uh, pretty pretty magical. Mm-hmm. It really was. <laughs> Seriously, there's really no other word for it. It was magical. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It
2: is true. I believe you. You guys are both serious. It was, right now. No, it was magical. <laughs> the, the
4: way, but, but the way you said magical was almost like his basement has like the properties of like the wardrobe in Narnia. <laughs> I was
1: transported. like, it was
4: literally magic.
1: I was transported. <laughs> A goat came walking out and talked to me <laughs> in the middle of the song. <laughs> but the new album, we, we were riding around New Orleans, going to different locations. We were riding around with them listening. They wanted us to hear it, and so they were playing the album for us in the ba- in the van. That's a kind of surreal experience with the band, with their brand new music that nobody's heard yet, listening yeah. to it, talking yeah, about yeah. it. It was
0: it was a lot of fun. Like, like every time every time I turned the radio down, I felt kind of bad.
4: Yeah, I, I was like, I'm, I was I, I was gonna say, I I, I love you, Math, but is it weird? Like when when a, when a band and because I had this experience with other people who make music, they're like, yeah, let's listen to it. And you're listening to it, and they're stare You're just staring like at the speakers because there's nowhere else to look. And they're staring <laughs> at your face, analyzing every little yeah. emotion it's as true. the song
3: plays. It's true. Yeah. That's what happens.
1: But but not weird with Mew Math because we were in the van and we were like yeah. oh watch out for that lady you're about to hit you know right. so we we're, sure. we're all kind of
2: are distracting
1: but it was funny cuz we didn't know where we were going so they de- uh they were giving us directions from the back seat and so we were like playing the music all loud and Chad was Chad who was driving wasn't hearing the directions and so like start
5: turn
0: yeah. so then he would turn the music Did down like that? Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, then yeah and i'd slam on the brakes and it was really aw- it was raining and it was <laughs> so and, you know they turned left and then chad's kind of freaked out like i need
1: to hear the direction so we'd leave the music all quiet yeah. but we're on this street for the next five minutes
0: and then i just hear cameron yell like turn it up turn it up so he it was music getting back awkward back there down. turn it up let's listen you know it was really it was <laughs> actually pretty, good it, the it, music was was great it's a great record what when when's the official release date i believe it's the end of october Er, no, that's right. right. It's like the twentieth, twenty third. Right before our mag will come out. In yeah, November.
1: they're going to be on a November cover, and so that that's why we coincided that yeah. way. But mid, mid to late October. So we have a great podcast for you in store today. Uh, coming up later, we have a performance by Paper Route uh, that they did in the Relevant Studios, and uh, Ryan, like I said earlier, Ryan Ham will be joining us, and Ryan and I will give our Lala recap reviews. So uh, up first, your entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, August 16th. Um, The Cool Kids, When Fish Ride Bicycles is coming out in wide release. It was available on iTunes a month ago. I bought it a while ago. REM is coming out with We're Still Making Music. No, uh, it's called Songs for a Green World, uh, The War on Drugs with Slave Ambient, and last but not least, Jeff Bridges is coming out with an album, Jeff Bridges. Finally, nice. finally, finally. It's true. I've been waiting on this one. Been waiting on that one, yep. yep. Movies coming out on Friday, August 19th, Conan the Barbarian, starting Jason Momoa.
2: <laughs> Mo- <laughs> I think so that's, that's how you say it. it. That's what Conan calls your scooter.
1: Momo, Momo, yeah, for a motorcycle. <laughs> also coming out one day, starring Anne Hathaway and Jim Sturgis. and Spy Kids all the time in the world in 4D smell Uh vision What's
2: uh-uh. that? What's that 4D, 4,
1: what's that 4D yeah. all about? Nothing. It's they said the last D is free. That's what it said. And yeah, like pipe
2: in <laughs> fart, <Wow>. fart <laughs> smells or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's a kids' movie. Pretty much. Hard. All
1: right, that's it for your entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, slices. You're listening to The Chain Gang of 1974. The song is Undercover uh, from the album Wayward Fires. Playing right now on Relevant FM. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Black Lips with New Direction from their new album, Arabia Mountain. Also playing on Relevant.FM. Tune in.
4: Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse. I actually have a, a two for today because both of them are kind of short, so I wanted to do two. Um, J Crew has partnered with Mad Men and their actual uh, their actual like wardrobe designer to release a spring set of, of clothes that are inspired by the television show. Um, so it's both men and women's lines. So along with you know your sharp, confident suits, you'll also have dark secrets behind them.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: wow! That's- see that's what i'm doing too what- <laughs> so yeah so so you expect the, when, when your j crew catalog comes which i'm sure we all get uh expect mad men in there in spring um this is a high this is a much more disturbing story to me this happened in la because police- the other one the other one wasn't disturbing at all by the way i'm
3: I mean. still crying from the first story yeah. you told
4: all right. Uh, <laughs> just, oh. we just edit out that whole slice. <laughs>
3: do the listeners a favor. Oh. They'll just
4: be surprised when they get their J crew cut be a, They'll be like, why didn't
3: someone tell me? Jesse.
4: Yeah, why didn't some a, a podcast with some informed personality let me know that Mad Men clothes would be in here this spring? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting totally ripped off by these free podcasts. <laughs> <this spring>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is this is a radical change in tone because the LAPD went into six different LA animal uh, control uh, offices and confiscated about a, over a hundred firearms. And these this was a very well armed animal control, uh, you know, municipal organization. They had uh, everything from rifles to handguns to shotguns. Now, uh, the police say that that they were afraid that some of these, they had information that led them to believe that some of these uh, animal shelter employees were actually selling firearms. But my question to them is, have we learned nothing? <laughs> Did Planet of the Apes literally not just come out and tell us what's going to happen? You, you want to disarm our, last, our first line of defense, the animal shelters?
1: <laughs> so I assume you've seen the movie.
4: Oh, yes. Uh, oh, you, uh, you better believe I saw it this weekend. Is it good? It's amazing. And, and here's, a, here's my uh, Is it ironically uh, okay. amazing, or is it good? No, it does, it no, doesn't do anything I-, I actually thought it was an enjoyable film, but because of the subject matter, it was absolutely amazing. <laughs> it, 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 has, it, it has pretty much everything you want in a chimpocalypse film. So it's not, it's not like too much CG. I mean, every scene with a monkey CG and a monkey <laughs> <movie>. <laughs> <laughs> Monkeys in the whole I'll thing. say this. They did do. I went to the 4D. The entry was free, but it smelled terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and the feces fleeing scene was just awful. Was from, no, um, I was actually—this <laughs> is true. I going into the film, I was going to live tweet m- watching the movie. Okay,
1: but then you but, saw the sprint commercial
4: and decided that that would be Texas rude to everybody. Well, well, I I was also sitting next to a legitimate psychopath in the theater who threatened to to beat up several people for asking to sit in seats around him. Is it like Kramer's friend and
1: he made you bootleg it?
4: It it, it was pretty much that guy. Like The guy was unstable and made physical threats of violence uh, to the people sitting behind us. And I decided at that point... I'm probably not worth live tweeting rise of the planet of the apes. So, <laughs> if, if this if this psychopath is going to physically threaten people and he's watching a movie about a, uh, of a monkey uprising. It's probably not a good j- idea to push his buttons even further. So All right.
3: Well, let me ask you this question because I got yelled at this weekend. I went and saw Cowboys and Aliens with my wife. How was it? Did, you not, did you not see Rise of the? It was okay. Age? Did you not realize that it was playing? Well, no. <laughs> I don't understand. I'm really confused. I know you're confused. Um, but my wife, my wife walks out to go to the bathroom. I, I have a severe addiction to my phone right now. I'm I'm really struggling to. To not pick it up every two or three minutes uh-huh. and check something, whether it's email or text or Facebook or Twitter, it's getting out of control. So, my wife and I have had some serious conversations about it. So, I, you know, on a date, uh, waited until she went to the bathroom <laughs> to check my phone, which was about 45 minutes into Cowboys and Aliens. You can't even and go through a movie
2: without checking your phone?
3: No, it's, I have an issue can't right now.
2: You've done that sometimes. You're on your when iPad you get, right now. When, you, playing. Get, playing. when <laughs> <laughs> you get bored, Angry Birds. Sometimes. When you get bored, you'll turn it on. I'll be like, seriously.
3: I'm out of control. So I was bored. I was in the but middle I'm of a bored. movie. You have the phone problem, not me. I was uh-huh. in the middle of a movie. Hold on. Can we talk about your issues later? We're talking about mine now. So I, I just simply, you know, turn my phone on and, you know, start checking Twitter. In and the you of the realize phone.
4: that Rise of the Planet of the Apes had come out and you were in the wrong theater. <laughs> right.
3: Exactly. Well, anyway, the guy behind me yells at me and says, hey, can you do that Later.
2: Yeah, and, and, it, every, and it was completely rude of you.
3: But but here's my question: nothing on the screen ahead of time had told me that I could not check Twitter. It said, "Don't you know, turn your phone like to silence." How about basic human
4: decency? Was your light so it
2: all the way down? It, my, or were you full full strength brightness? Well,
3: that's the thing you don't realize your screen is bugging everybody annoying. behind you, right? I know, but I see people light I up would their so phones be the person all the yelling time, at you. but they should. Really? Yeah. but it was way more distracting to tell me to stop using to turn my phone off. Uh, with my you're light. In movie. I know. You but
4: you know what? Everyone around you and that guy was like, yeah, man, I'm glad he said something because I was going to say something. I promise I was, but that guy said something. I
3: that. felt like nobody knew what was happening and then they were all distracted when the guy yelled at me. He,
2: oh. he could have just said. Was he right behind you? I, you you really all, sound like you're They were
3: blinded with that light you were shining in their eyeballs. The okay. All right.
2: Well, right. I'm not going to take your side on this All right. Side. Yeah,
4: I mean, you are clearly in the wrong. I mean, I'm really (laughs) upset at you right now. You're just
3: mad that I went and saw Cowboys and Aliens versus The I'm
4: upset at you for two reasons. Yeah, that you didn't support Rise of the Planet of the Apes and raise awareness about this calls. <laughs> and also, thinking about a sick person like you in the theater with me just gets my blood going. You
3: were going uh, uh, yeah. to tweet the whole movie, Mr.
4: <laughs> Jesse. And thankfully for me, I was snapped into my senses by a crazy person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so uh, what do you have, Maya?
2: You know what? I really don't have much. I can't find anything other than a dude that... Maybe you
0: should have prepared beforehand.
2: Other... I Jay Cruz
0: coming out with a new line of clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might mission. want to talk about
2: that. <laughs> okay, be a more. Jesse weird.
0: had two.
1: You well, can't even he brought one, one for me.
2: That really, the only thing I could find is a dude that got kicked out of Walmart because he was eating lunch on the bathroom floor. <laughs> <laughs> what? what?
1: <laughs> he literally said, "This floor's so clean, I could eat on it." You know what?
3: It. I I apologized yeah. for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm publicly, very sorry. I don't, I don't understand I what's happening. People.
2: What, why? Why? It what op- happened? Of course, it happened in in Florida. It was down in Vero Beach. It's a 22 year old man who decided he wanted to eat his lunch um on the floor of a Walmart, which is, I mean, you know, Walmart bathrooms are like the grossest bathrooms ever. And they smell like
3: Walmart. That's yeah, part of the problem. They're so gross, and apparently.
2: 40. He was taking up too much space and blocking other patrons from using the restaurant. Was he? would <laughs> he have I a, saying, picnic he a picnic blanket. So he got arrested. No, he just literally sat down on the floor. He got arrested. Wait, that's a crime. <laughs> Apparently, it's a crime. Was it like a
1: Walmart cop? I mean,
2: um, they put you in
1: Walmart jail. I think there yeah. is one. Yeah,
2: <laughs> their own world I think it's called Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> I just got yeah, I the Walmart bathroom yeah.
4: about this guy who got locked up for five years in a Walmart jail. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, so that's literally my slice. That's so weird. So don't don't eat on the floors of Walmart in case well, you
1: were ever... I don't understand how he got arrested for that. I mean, did he like uh, well, bite the security guard when he Well, came he
2: in? was asked to leave and I guess he did leave and then he decided he wanted to come back and... Finish and, the sandwich. And decided he thought that wasn't fair. And I mean, they show him he looks like he's...
1: Crazy. Um, did he sit by Jesse? Is he, he in he Virginia read? Beach? Yeah. Did he go
4: to Planet of the Apes that weekend in Virginia?
3: <laughs> 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 wow. So What do you have, Josh? Uh... So, I don't, I don't know when the last time it was that you saw a beauty pageant. Last um, Thursday. Okay. At like at two in the afternoon. <laughs> um, but I've not heard of anything like this um, ever. Are you a- talking like the Toddlers and Tiaras type thing? Well, I mean, there's obviously that. I mean, that's, that's one of the most influential pageants we have <laughs> in the United States. Um, but outside of the United States, um, yeah, there's, uh, there's a beauty pageant that's uh, been created called Miss Penitentiary. No. in Brazil. And, uh, apparently, uh, the, at the women's prison in Brazil, um, they run a, a modeling agency comes into the penitentiary and <laughs> runs a, uh, beauty contest with the inmates Wow! and they get them all dressed up. They have them do a talent show, the whole deal. Uh, this year, uh, Rara Passion, uh, won with the highest number of votes, um and she earned her freedom out of prison no. and her conviction was totally squashed
2: no that's what you win
4: are you in, are you kidding me that's I'm, the prize i'm
3: just joking that wasn't the prize oh. Oh. <laughs> But they, I was
4: going to say, because I heard about this football team here that played the prison guards. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, she gets a crown. They She gets the sash or whatever. But the prison... The, then she gets shivved the, later the, that night.
2: The, the prison
3: says that they host this yearly event because it believes it gives inmates goals, pride, and steps towards improving their self-esteem. And this is what I want to talk about. Does a beauty pet... Maya, I have mm-hmm. to turn to you because out of all of us, I'm assuming you have the most experience in... A beauty pageant. Okay. You assume incorrectly, Josh. Okay. <laughs> does Just... a, a does a beauty pageant improve the self esteem of a woman? Or Probably. does it destroy it? <laughs> it seems everybody is judging you based on what you're doing if this you know, this prison is saying this is giving them gold. Well, is it any is... different than performing
1: though? You 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 know, people are judging your performance with
3: applause or known or you know I mean But I don't think anyone goes into performing for the sake of helping their self-esteem.
2: Well, all the beauty pageant people here say it's, you know, for their cause and for scholarships and stuff. So,
3: yeah, I, I just, I'm trying to understand why a thing that's set up and created based on being judged, whether you're. Well, it helps bad. the self-esteem yeah. of one person. Right. So <laughs> Rara, Rara Passion Rara, yeah. is going to sleep horrible. fine in her She's jumpsuit feeling pretty tonight. good about herself. Her jumpsuit and heels. Despite
4: the, despite the crime that led her to be in prison. And right. she's you know,
1: filed her tiara down to become a nice little <laughs> shiv, and she picked the lock and found her freedom. That's good. That's really, I imagine really good.
2: all of, I mean, Brazilian women, I think, are all in my brain would be all like super gorgeous and pretty. Mm -hmm. I don't think inmates. I wonder if the inmates are. I feel like Um, they're like super hot people that just, you know,
3: Brazil's Brazil. Did a crime of passion. Yeah. And so they're all rarer passion, rarer
2: passion. So they're all, I don't know.
1: So you think that they're all just walking around like swimsuit models.
2: Anyways. Right. So why not? (laughs) Why not do a runway? <laughs> <laughs> Someone walked
3: into that prison's like, this is an attractive prison. Yeah. We have yeah. got to do something about right. this. This is not okay to just leave all these people <laughs> locked up here without a beauty pageant. Right. <laughs> We've got to do a beauty pageant. That's odd. Well, anyway, I just, I don't know. I don't know if that's the. You don't uh, agree with it? Well, I just, I, I, it seems bizarre that it this, does seem this bizarre. is what you're going to do to help someone's self-esteem is put them in a pageant where we can judge them and criticize them.
1: Well, I think it's a, a, a key strategy for turning around a lot of the impoverished third world nations. Really, you know, yeah, Brazil that, is not go, third world. No, I know, but I think that that, that you know to build up the self esteem in the residents. Okay, we should go around and advocate should, for pageants. Yeah, I was Ca- going to say
4: I like the football idea.
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway.
1: All right, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, paper route. Listening to War Paint, the song is War Paint. Uh, it's playing right now on Relevant FM, and the video is over at relevant.tv. Paper Route is an indie rock band from Nashville. Um, they Their full length album, Absence, came out in 2009, but they've done a, a handful of remixes um, outside of that. Uh, they actually just recently finished work on their second album and are about to release more information about a release date and everything. Their music's shown up everywhere uh, on on shows like One Tree Hill and CSI, uh, the movie 500 Days of Summer, um, and they're also going to be featured in the upcoming film, Renee the Movie. They came to Relevant performed three songs in our studio. All three video performances are available to watch on Relevant.tv, which you're going to want to see. It's pretty awesome. And uh, we'll also post them at the podcast episode page. Without any further ado, here is Paper Out performing Better Life.
6: All this trouble that I know, every swing I take in stone, I throw all the bridges that I've burned, all the new ways that I hurt. I gave up and I lost track When you love someone you don't love back. It don't matter who's at fault Nothing matters now at all I might have said too much I might have said too much A better life is waiting A better life is waiting A better life is waiting And what is done
5: is done Peace together
6: A heart that's trapped in my rib cage, burning through my fingertips, burning everything I kiss. All the memories that you live in, just another door that I'm closing in a hall that's infinite. But at least I can't admit I might have said too much, I might have
5: said too much. I won't forget your touch. I'm saying. Too
6: much. Ah, ah, ah. A better life is waiting. 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 And what is
5: done is done. peace together what's together.
1: That was Paper Route. Check them out at paperrouteonline.com. You're listening to Young the Giant. The song is Cough Syrup, which our staff needs right now because about half the people are out <laughs> sick. Uh, it's playing right now on Relevant FM. Um, we've asked Ryan Ham, our managing editor, to join us. Welcome, hey everyone. Um, Ryan and Maya and I were at Lala uh, in Chicago uh, this last week, which is why we had no podcast. And um, while Maya and I were there, mainly for. Uh, tourism reasons, uh, Ryan was there working hard and covering the event for Relevant, uh, interviewing bands and checking out new artists. So we thought it would be a, actually a good idea to bring you on the podcast talk about um, talk about Lala, talk about the music, and uh, kind of give a recap and a, uh, highlights and lowlights, yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Cool. Um, it, to me, my overall
7: impression it was mm-hmm. a weak Lala this year. That's that's what I think too. Yeah. Um, it's very weird that uh pitchfork also puts on a festival in chicago about a month before Lollapalooza, and this i think is the first time where pitchfork's lineup has clearly been as stronger stronger than lala's
1: so uh, last year i uh, something i noticed uh, for those who don't know uh Lollapalooza is in grant park in downtown chicago it's on the water the waterfront on one side skyscrapers are on, on the other three uh, Soldier Field where the Bears play is on the south end. And the way they have it divided is the, f- the big iconic Chicago fountain that's at the beginning of Married with Children is kind of the middle of the park. Yeah, Buckingham so, Fountain. Yeah. yeah. So the way they have it divided is there's a main stage on the south end and a main stage on the north end. They're about a mile and a half from each other, yeah. <laughs> but it's all park. And then they have two medium stages on either sides, and they have some up-and-coming stages and stuff. And, and last year what was interesting is like on the south end – where all the they divided the park up like by by musical genre almost. On the north end was was everybody you wanted to see, Metric, XX. Um, Mumford and Sons, all of them were all on the north end stages. Mm-hmm. And you could just kind of stay up there. Yeah. And then all the stuff you didn't have any interest in seeing right. was on the other end. And right. it divided the crowd up nicely and you didn't have to walk a ton. Right. And it kept them from overlapping. Right. So, you know, they just went back and forth, back and forth, back right. and forth between the two stages. This year it seemed like there was no flow. Yeah. So they, they the bands that you wanted to see were scattered all over the yeah. fairground or all over the park and like you were saying like they overlapped and so there would be two or three hours where you didn't want to see anybody. And then there would be one hour where four bands you wanted to yeah. see were playing on top of each other. Exactly. And that, it just that made no sense to me. And I mean, me. there
7: were times where I'd be like, well, I'd really like to see this next band set, but I'm going to have to walk all the way down there and then walk all the way back to see the next band I want to see. And it's, I mean, I realize this is absurd that I'm complaining about a festival, but... Um, no, that, but the reality is in the summertime, right. that walk, well, that, I mean, you already got blisters. And it's taken like 45 minutes to do that, Yeah, to do that thing, so...
1: Right so uh three-day festival friday saturday sunday yes. who was the best
7: show you saw the best show i saw weirdly uh i think was bright eyes
5: so in the of my head that i don't deserve come
7: I have, like, I've never liked Bright Eyes. I've always thought he's ridiculously earnest. His lyrics annoy me because they're so, like, precious. And, you know, it's always the, like, I'm so sad and everything is miserable. And, yeah. But he was a great performer. The guy who plays guitar, who's also in Monsters of Folk, is incredible. They were just, like, one of the tightest bands I saw the entire week. They played so well together. Um, It was much noisier than I thought it would be. And, like, really interesting textures. And, yeah. It was great. I never,
1: I never go to any of the. The thing I like about Lala, the reason why I, I try to go every year and have for the last few is, um, is I, I can pretty much see the entire year of music in three days. Yeah, and you can cherry pick. You know, uh, you you can go and stay for four or five songs, and you can go over to somebody else and see four or five songs. And so for me, like I never actually go to a show planning to stay the whole time. Right, Uh, you're always kind of ADD, thinking what's next. So to me, if I stay the whole time, you have grabbed me. Right, you took you know. So I only stayed for three full shows this time. I stayed for Foster the People, Mm -hmm. I stayed for Fantagram, Mm -hmm. and I stayed for the Cold, uh, the Cool Kids Mm -hmm. on Sunday. And to me, I, I, you know, Friday was a pretty good afternoon of music. I mean, The Kills played,
7: uh, Foster the People played. Um, i trying to think of who else Foster the People I wish I could have stayed For the whole show But I had to do an interview um, Like right after It was about to be over So I knew that the crowd Was so big That I had to leave Well Foster the People I, I think Local Natives
1: Was another great show uh, they, they weren't Friday But um, th- Something that I noticed This was the year Of the band Who didn't exist A year ago mm-hmm. Not playing The emerging stage But right. playing Second right. stage Right in front of thirty to forty thousand right, people, right. and so like Foster the People, I think it took them off guard. Mm-hmm. Um, they came out and uh, and you know pl- they played you know a great song, and I like their hit single. And I'm like, why would you lead with your best song? You got to close with your best song. Mm-hmm. And then they played the second song, and it's better than the first one. They played the third one is more hooky than the second one. And I'm kind of going, wow, they have a lot of songs. Yeah. And then like then it just kept going. I mean, I'm telling you they could have 10 singles off this album yeah. like the hearing them play it through like I, th- their album I forgot how great it is yeah. and it just came out you know so anyway and they're fantastic live totally totally don't seem like a new band mm-hmm. but he was saying like he goes this, you know this is the biggest crowd we've ever played in front of and a year ago we were you know slinging coffee and folding shirts and you know chase your dreams dreams can come true and all this stuff (laughs) and it just made the crowd love them you know local natives said the same thing they played for forty thousand people and they're just like going we don't take this for granted you
7: know like well i was reading on i was reading on another website uh that like had a recap i think it was entertainment weekly and they were talking about that like is this a Lollapalooza that means that the rock star is dead because it's all these first time bands with one album who are just like incredibly grateful to be playing for people and there's like there are very few bands and i mean i I thought this was mostly refreshing except for the bands that weren't good with one album um but there were very few bands that had kind of that rock star swagger where it's like well of course you want to come hear us like right um and i mean most of the bands that actually had that kind of deserve it so
1: so best band bright eyes what was your worst performance oh cee
7: green hands down hands down it was i agree i agree and i'm a gnarles barkley fan through and through well i mean i don't know like what you were expecting but um like i was expecting it to be like you know pretty funky like maybe he would have a full brass section like because i mean like his album the lady killer has a lot of horns on it and so Gnarles,
1: okay the reason i first went to Lala the first time in 2008 was was because of narals Barkley. Mm-hmm. because they were only playing two us shows i loved that album that that was one of the shows so we went they didn't disappoint you know they had the full band they had singers they they were all wearing tuxes it was mm-hmm. just it was a great experience right and so I'm with you. I'm thinking now CeeLo's solo. He's going yeah. to like step up the yeah. theme, step up the visual experience. This is going to be great. It's going to be memorable if nothing else. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of a solo album, but um, I was down in the photo pit. I was down right on stage for it. And, and uh, we see in the wings like these like S&M bondage mm-hmm. dressed women. And yeah. I'm like, man, his dancers are are really skimpy. Why, are we, why does he have dancers? You yeah. know, I was thinking like, this isn't dancer music, you yeah. know? So they walk out and they pick up instruments This is yeah. his band. Yeah. And he made his band wear like bustiers right. and S&M bondage stuff, which is crazy. Right. And then he comes out dressed in a black robe because he's so fat and, and a foot, black football shoulder pads with big chrome spikes. Yeah. And he's just posturing and he's doing this and that. Did you notice like every band we saw probably like a song would end, and without missing a beat, the first note of the next song would start. I mean, because Lala is tight; right, it's well right, planned, yeah. w- well executed. CeeLo was so out of shape, is my theory, that they had to do like one or two minute interludes in between the songs. Hmm. They didn't even play his
7: own music; they played like Lenny Kravitz. Are you gonna it, go my and way? Danzig and and, and yeah. yeah, and like Michael Those Jackson. Are crazy thing and, is it was just like a ton of covers, and like I don't know if he purposely had them make the sound distorted or if the sound just couldn't handle his voice, but it sounded really crappy. The band was, was a gimmick. Yeah. It wasn't like a real band. I mean, it's like, it sounded like just really bad, like post grunge. I mean, picture like picture like Limp Bizkit with like singing. Who, who was a, an artist that like an unknown artist that you stumbled onto? Um, there were two, uh, this time I, I thought the first day, one of the cool things about Lala is like that you can find music just by walking around. Um, so I was walking over to one of the bigger stages and uh, heard this music coming out of a tent and it sounded like Lauryn Hill. And I was with my wife and both of us were like, like, like are the Fugees playing? Like, is this someone, you know, playing like DJing and playing the Fuji's or something. So we walk in this tent and it's this like small South, South American woman, Rapping and singing in spanish and it sounds like old-school lauren hill and it was
2: awesome So
4: i've
7: like i've checked out her album since then and it's really good her name was uh, Anna tijo Hmm. t-i-j-o-u-x So she was really good and then uh, another band that I hadn't heard, but had heard like a few things about is this band called Dom. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a band from Massachusetts. And um, so I just went to see what they would be like and um, ended up really liking them and stayed for a lot more songs than I thought because they've kind of got that like warped version of like 60s surf rock, sort of like Best Coast or Girls or um, like Real Estate or some of those bands. And so, but I mean, it was really good. And he has an interesting backstory too. Like it's this guy the lead singer is this guy who has passed around from foster home to foster home like his whole life and mm. um so now he's in this band and nobody knows his last name and all this other stuff so so yourself- Yeah, so those were the big, the big two that I kind of discovered this weekend, I guess.
1: My favorite show was Fantagram. It, um, they played at 1.30, which is early in the day. And the thing about Lala is, you know, the later in the day you get, you know, there's people who are milling around the areas waiting for the next show or, you know, whatever. And so you'll see on the second stages there'll be some massive crowds, yeah. But three fourths of them are right. not really fans. Right. they're just kind of there, yeah. And. Uh, so at the one thirty shows, you you know you're there to see that band, right? So what was crazy was uh, not only was it early, it was raining, and so um, you had real fans, yeah. right? Uh, the number, I mean, they were playing in front of at least thirty thousand people. It yeah. was insane. And like usually in the very front, people will be singing every lyric and be really into it. And then the further back you get in the crowd, it's more tourists kind of right. just watching. We were standing toward the back, or maybe halfway back, two-thirds the way back, and I mean, people were, like, like trembling with, like, anticipation and excitement. The first note of a song would hit, and everybody around us would start screaming, mm-hmm. and, like, I hadn't seen that kind of, like, hanging on every note type, like, fandom that far back and the yeah. whole thing. Plus, and it was just raining, and if you ever see Fanagram, man, I mean, there, I mean, she's... She's a rock star, yeah. and they they loop live, and it's just crazy good music. And uh, uh, that was that was a special show, just in the rain with all these people who were just there for yeah. them, and yeah. um, nobody left. I yeah. mean, it was everybody was there the whole set. It yeah. was it was a really cool experience. Anyway, well, Lala's fun. Uh, we got a lot of uh, uh, coverage from it, a lot of band interviews and stuff. Ryan wrote a blog each day. If you want to check those uh, out, you can see them at relevantmagazine.com uh we have images uh, uh photo galleries and stuff like that so make sure to check that out uh thanks for joining us yep stay tuned up next paper out You're listening to St. Vincent, the song is Surgeon. It's from the upcoming album Strange Mercy and is playing right now over at relevant.fm. Paper Out is becoming kind of the king of the remix. Um, their music's been remixed by artists in, like uh, Passion Pit, Sun Lux, uh, Darren from Mute Math uh, did a remix. Um, they've toured with the likes of Paramore, Phantom Planet, Copeland, Passion Pit, Owl City, Lights. Uh, it's really great music. Uh, Here is Paper Route performing Enemy Among Us. like Paper out. Check him out at paperoutonline.com. If
5: you can't stop, then smile as you.
1: You're listening to Ziv. The song is The Book of Morris Johnson. And the video is playing right now on Relevant TV, and the song is on Relevant.fm. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we asked you what personality goes with what car. Yeah, we're just basically trying to stereotype here. Uh, <laughs> there, there was The way it came about was there was a traffic incident in, in slices, mm-hmm. and, and we didn't feel that the personality... Went with the car that was being driven, the or the reaction of the person. So we thought, well, maybe if people who drive Honda Fits are like that,
0: I mean, we need to
2: get I've public at Honda service announcement so differently. Yeah, I really have. Every
0: time I get in mine, I feel different now.
2: Yeah, I yeah. see, <laughs> and I'm like crazy driving. Public, Publi- public. You feel really like do. the guy
4: that sat in the movie theater with me. Pu- public <laughs> exactly.
1: service announcement: We need to warn the public that if you see a Honda Fit, steer clear. Right. I mean, we have factual evidence of this. So we thought we need to talk about all the other cars out there. And we want to have a better kind of personality profile of the person in that car. So we asked you, like, you know, what kind of personality goes with which cars? You know, like, it could be what CDs in the player, what sticker would be on the back bumper, or what one item is in the car, you know, to help us kind of get a clue into who this driver is. So you went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and posted your replies there. Here's a few of our favorites.
4: Well, I, I wanted to mention, too, I forgot the most obvious one. If you see a Volkswagen that's not a Beetle, that's less than three years old, there is about a 95% chance there'll be an Apple sticker on the back window. Uh,
2: yeah.
4: That's true. That's very true.
1: Uh, why do people with the Apple stickers on their cars? I don't get that. I know, like they're,
4: I know every, they're free. Everybody
2: has an Apple now.
4: If I put an e-machine sticker, like a proud <laughs> e-machine <laughs> owner right here driving by, how you doing? You know, like, it's just the idea of putting what kind of computer you have as a sticker on your car, I don't know. Well, to those
1: people, because they're, you know, tech geeks, you know, they're probably not into sports, so they don't have, like, a sports team to put on their car. They probably went to ITT Tech, so they don't have, like, a college to put on their car, so it's like... You know, they just, they need to have something to be proud of, like a fan of, and so they, they're a fan of computers.
4: Mm-hmm. But but it's like, I'm not going to put my television, like, I'm going to put a Toshiba sticker on the back of my car because I have that television. <laughs> Those or people whatever do. whatever little device, yeah, I owned a Blendtec Blender, check it out, it's on the stickers on my car. what? What? <laughs> A little Willet Blend sticker. Yeah, I really like this device that I paid a lot of money for. A
2: bullet. I really like my bullet I bought online. Magic bullet.
4: All right, so uh, here's some of your replies. (laughs) I like Brad. Brad HT is the user. He said. Uh, if you're in Florida, you might drive, You might be driving an F-150 Ford and uh, painted bright blue. And there will probably be a bottle of Gatorade in the cup holder and a copy of the book Through My Eyes by Tim Tebow on the passenger seat. <laughs> uh,
3: my great aunt Tilda says, OK, so I put a lot of thought into this. A person driving a Ford Tempo from the early 90s would have week old fast food inside. <laughs> what this says about the person driving it, I don't know. Yeah. And, and then the, the line that goes with that
4: how many fish filet sandwiches did you
3: eat? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. Uh, this was interesting. Um, Paula Boardman called him out. Uh, we've got a guy or a person, I should say, on our site that uh, his name's Thuggin, or her name is Thuggin. Not quite sure. Uh, it says Car Prius, CD and the Player, Little River Band. And uh, Paula Bortman says the CD matches well with your username.
1: But he wasn't saying he
3: drives a Prius. He I know. He was I know, saying but that Paul is like, wait a second. Of all the things that you should be helping us with, the Prius the rest of us got thuggin. You, you should bring something else to the table.
1: Pete uh, Juvenal said uh, Honda Odysseys are interesting. Yo Gabba Gabba is one of the two CDs in the car. The others, <laughs> the others, Jay Z's The Blueprint Three for when the uh, the kids aren't in the car. Located beneath the car seats are six month old McDonald's French fries which Can be used as projectile weapons in some cases. Um, so, uh, yeah, and uh, I actually, I reply, you, They make me want to own a Honda Odyssey, yeah.
0: <laughs> to which I replied, My parents own a Honda Odyssey, and I can guarantee you
4: those albums are not in their <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have the okay, I,
4: I like what MN Nice said. It's just simply, I'm shocked no one has shot at the Honda element yet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, odd Spells Me uh, corrected something in our last podcast. Oh, yeah? We were that? talking about the Van Buren boys on Seinfeld, and, and and we off the cuff mistakenly said that the hand signal from that episode of Seinfeld was five fingers because he was the fifth president. Right. Yeah, he's the eighth president, and the signal was eight fingers. And the reason that Kramer mistakenly made the gang sign is when he was holding the garlic shaker in his right hand with the two fingers, and he held up the others like, don't hurt me, and that
0: was the science
4: you so, know what? I, I had read I like, that I like being last corrected week.
1: but I was I was mortified that we were so wrong on Seinfeld recollections wow. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> see I, I when I read that last week I was thinking man it, that is sad you know that you know I, I didn't even catch the the that he wasn't the fifth president of our nation yet I knew that the trunk of the DeLorean was in the front <laughs> <laughs> like I knew that but somehow I didn't even know a basic historical fact about our our country
1: Yeah, and the fact that I only know what order Van Buren came in the presidential lineage is because of an episode (laughs) of Seinfeld. (laughs) That's
3: great.
2: (sighs) Um, Mark Napior. The car is an Azuzu rodeo. The driver is probably an Eagle Scout. Uh, In the back is is a roll of toilet paper and a first aid kit. And the CD player, anything by cake. <laughs> Wait, okay, hold on.
1: <laughs> an eagle scout is young, right? Any like college age? No, no, no. I it's think you're an eagle scout leader. for life.
3: Yeah, it doesn't expire. There's a- no expiration date on really. Your eagle... What if your skills diminish? And
1: somebody's like, "Is there an Eagle Scout in the house?" And you're like, "I'm an Eagle Scout." But if you haven't done it in thirty years,
4: you're not an Eagle Scout. You don't know. How to, you don't remember that knot. I think. Hey, no, I, like- I got bad news for you. An Eagle Scout. There aren't that many skills. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just being real here. It's a bunch of merit badges for helping people across the street. It's not like Special <laughs> Forces. Come on! Don't
3: they have to live in the woods for months at a time? Without yeah, their parents? No, okay, okay, here I, I went
4: to high school with a guy whose license plate said Eagle Scout. That's how proud he was of it. Did he
1: have an Apple sticker?
4: <laughs> no Apple sticker. He probably just had like, okay, I don't even, th- I was going to say he probably just had a pocket knife. I don't even think he has a pocket knife. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Eagle Scouts are that tough. <laughs> oh, man. When I was a kid, okay, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a Boy Scout because of like, you know, you watch all these movies and stuff and it looks awesome,
3: you know? So wait—is this the story where you didn't get your Eagle Scout badge, yes. and now we know why yes, you're so angry? About this? Yeah. No,
4: it's when I learned what what truly the, the Boy Scouts are about. So we went—we go to the first meeting, my brother and I, and I'm—I am so pumped. I'm thinking, all right, when do they distribute the knives and the matches? Where's <laughs> <laughs> Vers- the line? You know what I'm saying? That's what—that's the impression that I get, or a or bow and arrow or something. I. It was seriously, they sat around and they played hot potato and little team building exercises. Hmm. I was thinking, and then I was like, all right, well, at least, you know, is this where we sign up for the camping trip, Mm -hmm. you know, or the big bonfire. There was nothing like that. Wow. You know, they had that like once a year. So that was the last meeting I ever went to, but I did get a subscription to Boy's Life for like eight years after (laughs) that. I think I got Boy's Life into high school.
3: After he became a man.
4: Yeah.
2: Isn't there, what was the... Like the Christian Church version of that. Soldiers, these kids, Cameron.
4: <laughs> so what? they were called
1: Marines. <laughs> oh, Royal Rangers. Royal
2: Rangers. That's the one I was thinking
1: of. Yeah, I did that for one year. Did you? I was nine. I was in the Pioneers. Pioneers. Oh. Yeah, it's when I went from the Buckaroos to the Pioneers. Right. Did you yeah. get
2: knives or? What'd you anything?
1: guys do? We went. We went out to. Uh, did you just get
2: like two sticks to at least try and make a fire. <laughs> there was
1: a big powwow that you would powwow with other. Uh, Royal Ranger troops from around the state, and mm-hmm. it was like a massive big camp out. For you always have days. your
3: sword with you, though, right?
2: There was
4: I mean, no
3: swords. No, your scriptures.
2: Yeah.
4: Right. right. Can, can I ask you just have your skills diminished? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, re- I remember the yeah. pledge, which I've recited here on this podcast.
1: Uh, but but I, I, I recited it as it was accurate when I was nine. I haven't heard this. Apparently, I haven't either. It, w- it was when we were at the other office. Uh, She's lived with you for a while. Yeah, at the beginning remember. of every Royal Rangers meeting, you would have to say the pledge. You'd stand up, put your hand over your heart. You do the Pledge of Allegiance, and then you do the Royal Rangers Pledge, which was ready, ready for anything. Ready to work, play, serve, obey, worship, live, etc.
2: That's right,
3: etc. 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 You pledged. Et
4: cetera. You, pl- you I made pledged a pledge to etc. Cetera, to et cetera. Et cetera.
3: Yes. Well, that could be so, anything. Oh, I so I, yeah. oh my gosh, man! You've you've given your whole life yeah, away to, to et cetera. everything. Yeah. Dog. So I said it, and
1: and I got an email from somebody who apparently is currently still a leader in the royal. Royal Rangers today, and they said we have updated our pledge and no longer says et cetera. Uh, that's smart. So wow. somebody they're more clarifying for the children to today. To yeah, oh, so yeah so
2: that's a
7: lazy
1: vague. pledge writer. <laughs>
2: yeah, I know, right? Yeah.
1: that's the thing. Is like, it's like uh, they were like they like, they were given the assignment of writing the pledge, and they're walking in like crap. I forgot, and they just like uh,
3: you know worship live you know, et cetera. And they just winged it. My next column for New Magazine is just gonna say et cetera. <laughs> and just say you hey, you know the rest. Go live for Jesus, etc. 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 Just See, the, all caps. Yada yada yada.
4: The, the the other thing that I didn't like about Boy Scouts from the my one meeting was like <laughs> when they, they, they like tell you how to, you know, like or in boys' life they would have the stuff what to do in these real dangerous situations. The first thing in in all of it is go find an adult and get help. It's like, no,
5: I'm, I'm a Boy Scout now. I'll take
4: care of the bear. You know what I mean? Like, I'll run into the burning house. I'm a Boy Scout, man. I'm not going to run and get help from an adult. I don't need to be a Boy Scout to do that.
2: What, how old were you when you went, Jesse?
4: I'm probably about seven.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think if you were to stay with it and do it, I think like the, the high school kids, they probably get knives and they get to do more serious stuff.
4: Yeah, but, but when you're seven, high school is an eternity away. You know, I mean, that's, that's double your life. And you're mm-hmm. thinking, I got to wait that long. You know, forget this. I can go fashion spears from things in my garage. Peace right. out, Boy Scouts. Right. I'll be going and starting fires out back. Good to know. <laughs> wow. You got some... Azuzu Rodeo, folks. Azuzu Rodeo.
2: <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs>
4: I'm sorry. I was just very disappointed about the Boy Scouts. <laughs> I think when, I think before I went to my first Boy Scout meeting. You know how when you're a kid, you, you know <laughs> your your imagination just kind of runs away with you. I always thought, well, maybe there's Gee, a scenario. when you're a kid that happens, Jesse. Uh, yeah, when,
3: yeah, when you're a kid, not when you're 28 years old, <laughs> man, Scout.
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe there will be like a scenario one day when I'm a Boy Scout that like. You know, I will be like the president or somebody really important will call on Boy Scouts. Like, we need your help, mm-hmm. Boy Scouts. And it's like, whoa, this is my duty here. You know, this is like big time stuff. They're and like, then a, I they're think like that's a why men. Hot Potato just shattered that. Like, this really, the president ain't calling on these kids.
1: <laughs> so you thought Boy Scouts were like the Minutemen of the Revolutionary War? You know, they were com-
4: oh, well, I, common. I, I kind of thought it was like the like the like some sort of like entry level military thing. You that, know, that's like R- we'd be experiencing real danger. That's the ROTC. Yeah, no, but they, I was seven. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I maybe had seen a movie or something where Boy Scouts do like crazy awesome stuff, and, and figured it was all. Did you, you watch know, Goonies and zip yeah, lines? Yeah, it was
1: Goonies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
4: movies in the eighties. There'd be be lots of treasure hunting and stuff like that, but there wasn't.
3: Yeah, movies in the eighties gave kids a false sense of reality, like as if spy 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 kids four D is not going to do the same. Yeah, that's true. Okay, you're right. All kids' movies are lies. (laughs) I I think what happens is like
4: you get these false ideas from these awesome movies and then you show up to a Boy Scout meeting we're playing Hot Potato and you realize you know what maybe the world isn't as cool as I think it is (laughs) you go up real real fast the world
1: in your head is way better than the real one out there (laughs) exactly little Jesse became a man that day
4: (laughs) yeah During during one terrible game of hot potato. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, All right, so that'll do it for your feedback. Now it's time for this week's
7: editorial question of the week.
1: Well, earlier in the podcast, um, you know, we bring you the vital news of the world. And Maya brought us the slice about the 22 year old guy who got arrested for eating lunch on the floor of a Walmart bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) And then Jesse brought us his, uh, you know, his encounter at the the movie theater, and we thought let's combine these two we want to hear we haven't heard stories from you guys in a while we've had you like hypothesize things we want to hear your stories we want to hear any of your weirdest walmart or movie theater
3: experiences mm-hmm. can we broaden this to kmart or are we going to cut those stories out as well <laughs> that's true just walking into a kmart is yeah, a weird a, there's experience. A, there's a story i
4: used to work at a kmart
3: i know
1: you did did you he would corral the carts
4: Hmm. Yeah, I, I, would, I would corral carts. I would load mulch in people's uh, car at the garden center and frequent the K cafe, not the bathroom floor. Wow.
1: <laughs> okay, so right into the podcast episode page over at Um If you want to, you know, a lot of stories are easier said than written. So if you want to call in and tell us your story on the podcast, this is a good week to do that. Are we looking for strange stories? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. craziest, craziest story of something that's happened at a movie theater or Walmart. Mm. Eh, maybe a Kmart. Yeah. You
3: know, a discount... Shopping in strange places. A discount department store. Okay, there we go. (laughs) Or a A Kohl's. Like if somebody has a Kohl's story. A superstore of some sort. Okay. It's a super Kohl's maybe. All right. Because other than that, it's just a clothes store. Right, right. We'll we'll save the, the stories about Ross for another episode. Right.
1: I got some Ross. Right. right. (laughs) So other than just bizarre selection, if you have had a bizarre experience (laughs) at any of these places, uh, write in and tell us at the website. Or if you want to call in, uh, email podcast at relevant magazine.com and tell us your Skype name and we'll set it up. Okay. So uh, on that note, we'll wrap it. Many thanks to paper Route for coming through. Uh, Make sure to check out their, their album um, at PaperRouteonline.com uh, you can actually uh, see them uh, post on their Facebook page. They're posting videos of, of their new music studio stuff behind the scenes as they work on their new album. It's really cool. So I guess that's it. I'm Cameron Strang.
2: I'm Maya Strang.
1: I'm Josh Luan Loveless. I'm Jesse Carey. That's Chad Michael Snavely. We'll actually see you next week. Because we missed if it Chad. last time. That's if Chad weird. presses record.
5: The pressure no
0: Thanks for listening to the relevant podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com.
4: Peace out, Boy Scouts. I'll be going starting fires out back.